sermon number 619, your wedding clothes, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, September 24, 1972. The text is Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verses 1 through 14. Welcome to a large group of new members of our church, but it's also a day when we must say goodbye to a few members of our church who have been with us for some time. Seize these days we are doing more and more of this as we see many people move from this part of the vineyard into other places of ministry as their work calls them by God's guidance to other parts of America. And today we say goodbye to the Charles Hathaway family. Charles left several weeks ago and is already in the new home area of Miami, Florida. And now this week, his wife Diane and their two children, Kathy and Rick, will be leaving our community to go and take up residence in a new land. Diane has been for the last two years president of our Women's Association and one of the Bethel teacher trainees, one of the 19 who went through that very great course to be able to teach the Bethel series. To you, Diane, and Kathy and Rick, to Chuck, who has already left, we wish God speed. And we thank you for all that you mean to us. Now hear the word of God, Matthew, the 22nd chapter, beginning at the first verse. Jesus again used parables in talking to the people. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding feast for his son. He sent his servants to tell the invited guests to come to the feast, but they did not want to come. So he sent out other servants with the message, Tell the guests, my feast is ready now, my steers and prized calves have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But the invited guests paid no attention and went about their business. One went off to his farm, the other to his store. The others grabbed the servants, beat them, and killed them. And the king was very angry, and he sent his soldiers and killed those murderers and burned down their city. Then he called his servants, My wedding feast is ready, he said, but the people I invited did not deserve it. Now go to the main streets and invite to the feast as many people as you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, good and bad alike. And the wedding hall was filled with people. The king went in to look at the guests, and he saw a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The king asked. But the man said nothing. 
Then the king told the servants, Tie him up hand and foot and throw him outside in the dark. There he will cry and gnash his teeth. And then Jesus concluded, For many are invited, but few, few are chosen. You've just heard in your reading two parables, two parables, which our Lord told. The first brings with it the message that whenever, whenever, and none of us really knows when, the invitation is going to come. But when such an invitation comes to join the church, to attend worship, we have the right to decline such an invitation. For us, though we have the right to decline such an invitation, when we do, we forfeit also the opportunity to sit down at the wedding feast of Jesus and, and to feed upon the fruits of the banquet of salvation. But we still have the right to refuse and reject the invitation which comes. And the second parable tells us, though, that if we do accept the invitation, the invitation that we have a right to refuse, if we do accept it, God has the right to expect to see a change in us. We have the right as to whether or not we want to come. But once we accept and come to his kingdom and come to worship him, then he has the right to expect to see a change in you and in me. That's the second parable. Now, we're not going to spend too much time with the first parable this morning. For the simple reason, why should we? You are here. By the virtue of the fact that we are members of the church and we are here now. It means that we did not go to some farm today for fun, nor did we go to the market to make money. We're here. And because we are here, we have shown to God and to each other and above all to ourselves that we have accepted the invitation to not only be a part of his kingdom, but to be here in worship. So therefore, we're not going to talk about the first parable. It's the second one that we are interested in, and I would like you to examine with me whether or not you have come here today having first changed into your wedding clothes. Now that sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? And of course I'm using the language which Jesus used in the second parable when I'm talking about wedding clothes. And it may sound rather strange to you, and if it doesn't, it will when I go to tell you that this parable which talks about wedding clothes has absolutely nothing to do about clothes that you wear to a wedding. And Jesus in this parable is using allegory. <coughs> And new people know what that is. Jesus used it so much in his teachings. This is where he takes some small inanimate object, something like a seed or a coin or uh, a leaven or uh, some type of wine skin or wedding clothes, something you could see 
something that was temporal and something that was material. And with the use of allegory, he was able to bring out of these material, temporal, inanimate things a message of eternal spiritual truth. In something that you could see, he was able to bring a meaning, a spiritual meaning, which cannot easily be seen. You see, this parable has absolutely nothing to do about clothes that you are to wear, their style or their material, their composition, clothes which you are to wear when you go to a wedding in a church. But it has everything to say about the spirit which you should be clothed in whenever you enter the church as a member or to worship. God has a right to expect us to come here in our very best. God has a right to expect us to, before we have entered into worship, to have first changed our spirits and clothed them with the attitude of appreciation. Appreciation. I don't know if you realize it, or the impact of it, but the way that you get into a church is the same way that you get to a wedding, by an invitation. You are here on no merit of your own. Not one of us earns the right to be a part of the kingdom of God, which is his church, let alone be here this morning. We are here because of one reason, because God, through Jesus Christ, has invited us to come and worship. We are registered upon a church roll and considered a part of the membership of the Church of Jesus Christ because God first chose us and invited us to choose Him. You are here as a part of the Church of Jesus Christ, and yes, I'll even go as far to say, you are here this morning in this worship, no matter what you think, by the Spirit of God working through some evangel. Whether that evangel is a parent, a parson, a preacher, or just some persuasive person. The invitation of God has come through that evangel, and that's why you're here. We've been invited. And God expects us to accept that invitation by changing into the clothes of appreciation. I would like to think that when you dress up to come to this or any other church for the wedding service, you get all fancied up and prettied up, not just to show off, but to show your appreciation to your host for inviting you to such a solemn occasion. And I would like to think that when we enter into worship and realize our part as members of Christ's body, we come here clothed with appreciation because we realize we are here simply because God has invited us through Jesus Christ to be here. Are you clothed with appreciation this morning? Have you changed into that spirit 
of anticipation. I don't care how many weddings you have been to, the next one you go to, you will take with you a spirit of anticipation. While you're getting dressed and coming in the automobile and getting out in the parking lot and coming in here, you will anticipate the beautiful, triumphant tunes of the organ. You will anticipate the beauty of the procession down the middle aisle. You will anticipate the simpleness and the tenderness and the lovingness that is expressed in the exchange of the vows. You will anticipate a moment of happiness when you see the great roast precession, the recessional of happiness leave this sanctuary. You will anticipate a wonderful experience and you will not be disappointed. Because just as it has happened before, so it will happen again. And you will experience a wonderful thing because you have anticipated it when you dress to come to the wedding. This is what we should have here today. I wonder how many of you put on the clothes of anticipation before you came here this morning. How many of you came really believing that something wonderful was going to happen here today? That through the singing of this great, great choir and the glorification of the hymns, the reading of God's word, the prayer of Mr. Wooter, the welcoming of this new group, through the words which God will lead through me, how many of you really anticipated a wonderful, great feeling? Anticipated that you would find some answers for those questions that have been bugging you for this past or the past several weeks. How many of you came here anticipating that you and God would be wed anew through the love of Jesus Christ? You know why it is that some of you read the bulletin when this great choir sings and why your mind wanders when one of us prays and why some of you now are asleep or, excuse me, resting your eyes during the preaching of the sermon? You don't anticipate that God is here and some way, somehow, He's going to have an experience that happening with you. And when we don't anticipate it, it just doesn't happen. Did you wear your clothes, your wedding clothes of anticipation today? How about your wedding clothes of application? You know, I, I love weddings, and admittedly, when we have two or three here on a Saturday, I get a little tired, as do other, the other pastors who help officiate at these wonderful, solemn, and happy occasions. But I think the time that I like most in the ceremony is right after the recessional. Many of you have been here for weddings. There's an electricity in the air, isn't there? There's a humming and a buzzing. After the wedding ceremony is over, oh, there's laughing and there's crying and there's kissing. 
That's fun. And uh, all these other things, a great feeling of celebration. We're happy, we're joyous, and out of appreciation for being asked to be a part and anticipating that something would happen. When it does happen, we apply that spirit into our lives and allow ourselves to be caught up and wrapped up in it. And we have a great time. And some of you have too good of a time at the reception which follows. But this is an experience which you have put on, you see. You have applied it to yourself. You have taken it in. And that's the same thing that ought to happen in every worship service right here. And it will if we bring with us the clothes of application and prepare to allow ourselves to get caught up in the spirit and to leave this place not the same persons that we were when we came, but apply the teaching that we anticipated and which we have received here and put it on and take it out into the world and live as a celebrated, liberated person of God. You should not leave this place the same way that you came this morning. If you have, you've worn not your wedding clothes. You see, a few hours ago, all of us had to make a decision. You realize that? A few hours ago, each one of us, we're adults, we're not children anymore, people don't dress us, we dress ourselves. Each one of us had to make a decision what piece or of clothing we were going to wear to this worship service today. Now, some of us gave a great amount of thought to that. And others of us, with one eye open, reached into the clothes press and got any old thing. And we put it on. And we brought it here. But whether or not you realize it, you made another decision, too, as you made your way to church this morning. You put on spiritual clothing. You put on an attitude. And I just wonder how many of you changed into your wedding clothes to come and be a part of this service. When we put not on the spirit of appreciation, anticipation, and application. And ladies and gentlemen, no much wonder we don't look any different. No much wonder we don't act any differently. No much wonder we're still the same old people whom God is trying to wed into the union of love and of forgiveness and of his power. Some old people walking around in the same ill-kept clothing. Because, you see, we haven't prepared for a wedding. And we haven't taken the opportunity nor the trouble to change into our wedding clothes. And those God is calling us and inviting us to the wedding of life.
we change not our spirits, we disqualify ourselves from being chosen by him. We are chosen by him when we change our spirits to meet his invitation. Happy close, honey. Amen. Our Father and our God, we're thankful for this day. And though our hearts are heavy, our spirits are filled with thy love. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore until we meet wherever it is.